1 Timothy chapter 6. I preached a message uh, last year called Calling All Fallen. Remember that? Calling All Fallen. Finding the fallen people, brokenhearted, the uh, people who have been casted aside, saved people already. Amen? And God has mercy for everyone. We're never at, you're never done. You're never done. The devil will tell you you're done, but you're never done. doesn't matter how grave a mistake you made. Um, surely there's, there's things that you could, uh, I mean, sin had, does have consequences, that's for sure. And the guilt of sin is hard enough to bear. Uh, but God still can use you. Amen? Uh, sin definitely has uh, a recompense in itself. That means the, the outcome or the reward of it and its corruption, uh, defilement, um, uh, destro- destroyed soul, uh, but God has restoration. Amen? And so nobody's finished till the Lord calls us home. First Timothy, the Bible says, you are, which are spiritual, restore such in one, lest you be overcome with much sorrow. Amen? We, are, we help restore people. We need restoration, we need, and we need people to help restore one another, not cast each other down. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, the Bible says, fight the good fight, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Look in verse 11. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. And I was thinking about this verse about fighting. You know, fighting is, is ugly. I remember watching a Two, uh, two drunk men fighting. We lived in South Philadelphia, and our neighbors, they were, I think it was over a woman, of course, and uh, they, these two men were going at it, and they were slamming each other's heads on the sidewalk, and it was a bloody mess. And the uh, reason I remember that was because of the blood, but also because I called 911. And for a young boy, that was really amazing. You know, I got to tell my friends I called 911, and uh, they came, but it was a mess, uh, blood everywhere, um, and fighting is definitely a war, and everything is is uh, a mess. But when the Lord's involved, uh, He seems to bring the outcome um, in peace, where there should be no peace. He's who have your walk of faith where it should be turmoil. And uh, I know people who have given up their careers for the Lord, and yet it, it brings this peace. How does that bring peace? It's the opposite. It's the other way around. Let me turn this on. Uh, it's the other way around. Because when God's involved, it, there's, he, he's the one who delivers what we need. It's not solving your situation. It's not um, resolving your circumstances. It's not meeting your provisions because your provisions are never met, if you haven't realized that already. 
you will get hungry the next day, right? And, our, and whatever provisions come, they, they don't last. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the Bible says. Let's pray. Lord, help us, oh God. Help us to fight the good fight of faith. Um, we spend a lot of time and give a lot of effort and waste a lot of strength on fighting battles that are not even real battles. Uh, they're just waste of life, waste of time. Help us to get on the right battlefield uh, where you're at, our commander-in-chief. And I pray that you would um, give us a grace to do so. Strengthen us. Um, give us wisdom. Give us, um, Lord, structure. Father, give us uh, stability in our lives. Um, give us uh, a backbone, Lord. Lord, thank you for all you provided. Thank you for never leaving us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on it. And I thought of that. When you, God wants us to lay hold on eternal life. Now, we got eternal life, but uh, getting the whole matter down and getting hold of it, that your walk with God, that your reward in heaven is more valuable that your life, uh, not here, but in the life to come, is what you're aiming for. And getting a hold of that, and when you can get a hold of that, you're not going to let it go. Now, Christians, uh, we waver a lot because we don't have a grip on things. Um, we're tied down with something else. Listen, when you allow the world into your walk with God, you're going to waver a lot. Your foundation is not true. It's not sure. You're allowing the world, you're allowing a devil, you're allowing yourself, uh, your flesh, into the fight. And that's not our fight. Um, we need to fight the good fight of faith. Faith. It's a fight of faith. Um, three enemies we know are what? The devil, right? The world, the flesh, the devil. The world. Turn to First John. First John two fifteen. Many of us know this verse. First John two fifteen. Love not the world. What did Demas? Demas forsook Paul having loved this present world. Now, the reason why the Bible says this is because we all fall captive to it. It's very hard not to get captivated by the allures of this world. It's what our flesh is attracted to. Love not the world. Demas loved this present world. It doesn't mean he was engrossing himself in sin. It just meant that he couldn't give up this life for the will of God, for what God has for him. Now, whether or not he was diving into sin, I'm not sure, but it, it just says he loved this present world. It doesn't mean you're, you're, you're uh, living in sin. It just means that you are holding and clinging on to this life and not what God has for you. You got to learn to let go. And Jesus said, when you lose your life, you're going to find life. What you hold on to in this world keeps you from the will of God. And God's will for you, anybody ever use a tool for something else that wasn't intended for its purpose? 
The famous one I always think of is a high heel for a, sh a hammer. Girls, right? And it works, though. It works. <laughs> or a shoe, you know. Just get, use your shoe or use, use uh, whatever. Whatever is hard to... Um, but there is intended purposes for why you were created. And you're never going to feel fulfilled if you're stuck being used for not your intended use. But when God gets a hold of your life and puts you where he created you to be, only he knows that. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. And he spent time making intricate, detailed characteristics just about you that only he knows about and are even yet to be brought out from you by God for your intended use and purpose. That's called God's will for you. And when you get to that place, you feel right. You ever feel off? Maybe you're not in the right place. You ever feel like there's something more that should happen in your life? Maybe you are not uh, where God would have you be in your walk. There's something else. There's something holding you back from, from what God wants you and where God wants you. Love not the world. These are things that will take you from uh, your intended use, your intended purpose. Love not the world. you got to be disconnected from this world. Now, I don't mean... Um, you start speaking in parables to people, right? Uh, where people can't even talk to you anymore. Like you're, you've ascended your own self into the clouds. No, you got to be who you are. But I promise you this. Um, who God made you to be is the best person to be. Amen? When you, the more sin you get out, the more finer you are. The more your character uh, sin destroys your joy right away. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. That means, does that mean we have to sit on uh, or lay on a bed of nails and wear sackcloth? No. God made this world and everything that is therein. But we need to have a disconnect from the things of this world and not get attached. Um, we'll be reminded quickly um, if you get a new car and, and uh, uh, you were, you're attached to the car and, you, and then you get a scratch on it. Or I remember my brother-in-law, he got this brand new or beautiful Audi. And the trash men, they dragged like a bag of debris over his whole hood and scratched that all up. Uh, terrible situation. But how you act towards when things, your material things get destroyed or taken is a little symbol of, of what you're attached to. If you can be like Job, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Amen? Uh, that's where we need to be. You know? Be diligent stewards. Just don't let everything go. Oh, I don't care. I'm not, I'm, I don't care about my house. I, I just let it fall apart. I don't care about my car. I just let it fall apart. I don't even care about my body. I just let it fall apart. No, you can't be like that. You got to be stewards of what God gives you. Um, but you got to have that disconnect from the world. And how you're going to have that disconnect is you have to be attached to Christ. The Bible says, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You got to love Christ. You got to love him. 
You gotta, you gotta fall in love with God. You gotta walk with God, and the disconnect will be natural. You remember when you got saved? The first thing that happens when you get saved, uh, first of all, the desire, the Holy Spirit fills you, the, the desire to tell somebody else about the Lord. That's automatic. Uh, the second thing is you start, as you walk with the Lord, you start losing contact with your friends. I don't mean not talking to them. I remember when I, when I start walking with the Lord, uh, me and my friend, we, 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 we could hang out for days and just talk and laugh. And when I started walking with the Lord, it was just silence. There was no longer communication. There was no longer any words for each other. Why? Because naturally we started going on two different paths. I didn't intend for that to happen. I didn't try to make that happen, amen? But the disconnect was, became natural. It was my new man, the spiritual man, amen? And as we're walking in the spirit, you're going to have the natural disconnect from this world. But if you walk in the flesh, you're going to have a disconnect from God. Why we get so far from God is because we're disconnected from him. Why does it feel like God's not hearing our prayers? Because we're disconnected from him. Why, uh, why don't we see God's blessing in our life is because we're disconnected from God. You got to get connected back to God. You, you're going to have to fight. Fighting takes, fighting's ugly sometimes. It takes commitment. It takes uh, sacrifice. It, it takes uh, effort. It takes strength. You ever see a boxing match? Of course everybody has. One boxer's not just like this. I know I'm not going to win, so I'm just going to stand here in the ring and get beat up. Listen, he, he, he might be the underdog, but he's still going at it, hoping for that one hit. That's all they need, just that one lucky punch on the jaw or something and uh, knock the other guy out. But Christ already won our battles. We just need to keep the fight up. Fight. The Bible says, love not the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. How do you abide forever? You will last. You're not going to fade away like the wicked, the Bible says. They fadeth like a leaf. But you, uh, your rewards in heaven, everything you're working forward, uh, toward, everything that you are building up, is going to be and stay forever. Why? Because it's not, the th yeah, you're, you're working here, but you're disconnecting here. This is not your effort here. Your strength is going towards the fight of faith. You're working towards God. You're connected with God, and you're building up treasures in heaven. Matthew 6 says, um, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not on the earth. On your earth, uh, it's a waste where thieves, uh, they break through, they steal. Um, but for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. A disconnect from the world will make sure your heart is on God. David was, listen, David had money. He was gaining riches. He was gaining uh, uh, Israel, right? But he was disconnected from those things because he was a man after God's heart. And God blessed him with those things. Solomon. Solomon sought the Lord. And we know Solomon's downfalls and all. But Solomon's uh, heart was for God. And therefore, God blessed him with everything else. 
God's will. Listen, God's not going to um, deprive you of life. When you search for God, when you give up your life, you think you have it, you're going to find your place, your purpose, your fulfillment as a person, as a Christian, but also you are going to be fulfilled. And God is not going to withhold from you anything that is good. He's going to bless you. He's going to take care of you, every single need, when you walk with the Lord. The, the world, the flesh. Next enemy is the flesh. We've got to fight against our flesh. One of the biggest things um, in, in, in our flesh is the sexual area, sexual perversion. The Bible says that uh, marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. And judgment falls. Listen, uh, any, any, any sexual perversion outside of the realm of marriage, whether it be pornography, um, adultery, homosexuality, anything like that, look, you, you're setting uh, your flesh up for a trap. Now, the devil comes in very sneaky, and we're going to talk about the devil. But one of the greatest downfalls, the Bible says in Proverbs, um, for a man, the adulterous woman, that he'll, he's willing to bring himself down to a piece of bread. For a piece of bread, that's how low a man will go. What's that mean? A man will work and work and work to build him, in his own eyes, a palace and a kingdom, right? Boats and motorcycles and this. But to have that, he'll give it all up and settle with it for a piece of bread if he, can have, if he can have just that woman. A man's willing to give up everything. And we don't know we won't make that trade right away. Because the devil comes, listen, the devil comes uh, sneaky. First, he'll make uh, deceptive, sly comments in your ears. Well, this is actually not sin. It's art. This is not sin. This is just part of who you are, and you need this. This is not sin. That's what he did with Eve. Oh, an apple, or whatever I'm saying, apple. The fruit, the fruit of the, of, uh, the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, it's, it's good. It's good to eat. And he questions God, and he questions sin. That's one of the first deceptions is um, calling sin, sin. Anything outside the realm of marriage between a man, woman, husband, and wife is sin. doesn't matter what it is. And as Christians, listen, to keep connected to God, you have to keep yourself pure. And it is hard to, uh, in this world, to do that. But the Bible says the same grace that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, that we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. That grace that brought salvation teaches us how to do that. 
walking in grace, walking in his grace, in his love, in his mercy. Um, and we need that. We need to, the Bible says to keep ourselves pure. Keep yourself pure. The more you dive into your flesh, the more of an appetite it'll gain. Just like your spiritual man. The more you walk with God, the more you're going to want. The more you read your Bible, the more you're going to want to read your Bible. The more you pray, the longer the minutes pass, the longer the hours will even pass. The more you feed your flesh, the more your flesh will get hungry. Our flesh is like hell. It's never full. The Bible says hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. Would you take everything you have, all your money, all your savings, and dump it in a fire? The Bible says we do that for our flesh. For a piece of, man, a piece of bread a man is brought down to. For a piece of bread. That's what he's brought down to. I'm not talking to just uh, weak people. The Bible says many strong men have been slain by her. I'm talking about the, to the strong. If you're strong, if you're a strong Christian, this is for you. If you're a weak Christian, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about to the strong. To the strong Christians, many strong men have been slain by her. The Bible says, uh, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father. God is not going to tempt you. God is not going to set you up for a fall. The devil is very crafty on how he tricks you to fall. And when he deceives you, you're deceived. And know that, that God doesn't tempt any man with evil, with sin, to sin. He brings some trials our way, different type of temptations. But as far as falling into sin, no, he's not going to, he doesn't want that to happen to you. The world, the flesh. The Bible says in Romans 1, you could turn there. Romans 1, 22. How do you escape? How do you escape when your flesh is stronger than, than your spiritual man? How do you escape? The Bible says that we will weary ourselves to sin. When your flesh gets an appetite, it's no longer tired. You ever notice that? The Bible says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of a corruptible God into an image like to a corruptible man, the birds, the four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie 
and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who's blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. It goes on into homosexuality and Verse 28, the Bible says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despised, uh, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, placable and merciful, who know the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them to do them. Remember the Ten Commandments. Listen, um, any type of fornication in the, in the Old Testament was a death sentence. And we don't live in that time anymore, but we got to know the severity of, of what it does to our lives. First of all, it destroys your soul. The Bible talks about um, the woman that takes the man, hold of the man, Proverbs, that her, her mouth is like a two-edged sword. And what's sharper than a two-edged sword? The word of God, amen? Amen, but hey, it's, it's up there. It's up there. Um, our temptations is like a two-edged sword, but the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, we, need, we need to know the severity of, of the cut, of how far um, our lusts can bring us down. It robs our joy. Uh, you know when you fall into sin, the first time you fall, it, it, feel, it feels a relief. Your flesh finally gets to stop fighting. But we got to fight the good fight of faith. And it, it, it's a never-ending battle uh, to fight your flesh the fight against this world. And just because, listen, just because you got knocked down doesn't mean you're knocked out. Right? God, the Bible says, will never let you perish. Neither will any man pluck you out of his father, the Father's hand. You're not done. Just because you get knocked down doesn't mean you're knocked out. You got to get up and you keep fighting. A strong Christian's going to get up. It's going to keep going for round two. Round three, round four. And we have the victory through Christ, through our faith. You fight the good fight of faith. The last one's a devil. And we'll close. Devil. The devil is sneaky. Uh, let's go to the garden in Genesis 1. 1 Peter 5 8 says, Be sober. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be sober. I like to say sober means aware of God. That's not your dictionary definition, but that's my definition. Aware of God. Be sober. Because it's more of a aware to reality, but living in this world, I don't know what is reality. You know? But the reality is God is in control. So I changed my definition, and it's being aware of God, being aware of God throughout the day. That's having a sober mind, God's will, God's way, having a sober mind about you.
Genesis chapter 2. Verse 18, the Bible says, and the Lord said, uh, Lord God said, it is not good for man uh, that the man should be alone. This is after he made the animals and all. Um, thank God for church family. I know we have singles in the church. And uh, Paul, listen, Paul was alone. Paul never, he said, listen, I've, I've obtained mercy to be a virgin, to be single man for God. That's what Apostle Paul said. And uh, he, done, he did a great work for God because he was not tied down. We can't even go on vacation because we have a dog, right? Uh, you get tied down with things. Marriage, it doesn't tie you down like that. But um, Paul said, you can do a lot more if you're not. But if you feel like you need to be, then, amen, it's okay. It's how God made it. But God does make special people uh, for the cause of being single, to, be, to do some great things for God. And those are special people. Um, for men, in Matthew 19, they're called eunuchs. God made special men um, for the sole purpose of the ministry, for the kingdom of heaven's sake, the Bible says. And for women, uh, for the sole purpose for the kingdom of heaven's sake. Amen. But here the Bible says, not, God says it's not good for man to be alone. God didn't create Adam like that. And God made him a help me. Um, he made Eve. And the Bible says in chapter 3, now the serpent was more subtle, sneaky, moves around, more subtle than any beast of the field. And that's the devil there. The devil is more subtle than anybody. He still is. He's more subtle than you. He's a deceiver. You can't outsmart the devil. We just have this. Amen? And that's enough. Amen. And you got to keep fighting. The devil gets you. I can't tell you how many times he's got me. And I'm sure he's going to get me again. But it doesn't mean I'm done. You get back up. If the devil got foothold in, in the door of your life now, guess what? You fight. You keep on fighting. You fight the good fight of faith. You lay hold. You, listen, you got to get a hold of your walk with God. And once you get a hold of it, you got it. Lay hold on it. Reach out and grab it. Set a marker. I need, I need to get my Bible reading back. And you, you grip hold of it again. I need to get my prayer life back. And you reach out and you go for it till you get it back. You lay hold on it. You are special people called for God in his service. No matter what the devil has done to you, no matter how many years you've wasted, you still have purpose. The Bible says, let every breath praise God, praise the Lord. And you still have time ahead of you by God's grace to do some great things for him. God wants you to fight, though. Don't be in a boxing ring with the world like this. I can't do it. Go ahead, just beat me up. No. Don't be in a boxing ring with your flesh like this. 
well, this is just my struggle. This is who I am. No. Don't be in a boxing room with the devil. No. Fighting is ugly. You will. I told my son, he, he always asked me, uh, little Philip, he wants to be a man so bad. He doesn't want to be feminine. He does, um, when he sees a, a girl driving a pickup truck, he gets mad. I don't know why. He's like, that's not right. Only, boy, only men should be driving pickup trucks. I was like, well, I was like, Philip, uh, there are girls who drive pickup trucks. He's like, really? You know, this is just stuff in his own mind that he's uh, contemplating because he's trying to figure out he does not want to be a weak man. He wants to be strong. Uh, and this is his own world that he's, he's always contemplating. And he asked me, he said, how is it when, when you get in a fight? I've been in a few fights growing up, and uh, I said, well, I said, you can't, you can't get scared if, to get hit because the other guy's going to be fighting too. It's not just you throwing these punches. I said, so you can't be scared if people uh, are, you know, they're going to be fighting back. And if you get hit and you're bleeding, don't get upset. Don't get scared. I said, it happens. I said, but guess what? God made you a man, so you're able to take some punches, even, even to the face. Amen? Uh, that's, how, that's how guys are. Uh, so just try to prep them a little bit. Not to fight, but um, give them some instruction, get some fear out of them, you know, in case anything does happen. Um, you know, stuff happens. But you can't be scared. You can't be overwhelmed. You can't be, listen, the devil threw some punches. When, you get, when you're in a fight, it happens. I feel for those who, have, who are not fighting. You know, who've given up. They left the battlefield. That's when the true depression hits. That, that's when the true emptiness hits. You think you're tired and you want to give up. You're done. The outcome of that is leaving the battlefield. That's when you truly feel empty. When you walk away from God. One of your purposes here is to fight. Fight the good fight of faith. You're going to feel most um, resolved. You're going to feel most uh, strengthened because God is the one that's going to give you the strength. You're going to feel most important, most used when you're fighting for God. You will lose some. But in the end, Christ has the victory for you already. So keep it up. You're not over. You're not done. You keep on going and you fight and you lay hold on those things. Laying hold, last thing. Laying hold means you got to have a vision. Keep reaching out for the next thing to, to grab onto. A better prayer life. I was praying, Lord, give us 50 souls this year. Give us 50 souls. How many people we have? Two. Twelve. Twelve right here. If everyone led four people this year to Christ, but we have more people in church, but right here, he set a goal to lead somebody to Christ. He 
You say, that's, that's the whole church's job. No, it's your job as a Christian. You say, well, I'm not an evangelist. No, that, that evangelists, they don't, that's not their job mainly either. It's a Christian's job to go and preach the gospel. That's why you have the Holy Spirit of God. You'll feel more fulfilled when you're giving the gospel to somebody. I promise you that. You don't know your intended use until you put your hand to the plow. And you'll find out, wow, I feel a lot better. I promise you, the Bible says, he that turns a sinner from his way, what's the Bible say? Cover the multitude of sins. And that goes for yours too. When you start preaching the gospel, the sins that you once struggled with, you don't struggle anymore with. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God is flowing through you now. This year, what's your intended purpose? Reach out and lay hold on it and get it. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for, um, Lord, the fight. And I've been knocked down many times, and I could say that I almost and probably have said that I've been knocked out, but it's not true. Lord, because you, you are abundant in mercy and your forgiveness is just too great and nobody can outreach, uh, outmatch your love, Father. And what more do we need than these precious promises to move ahead? And you said that you will provide all our needs, Lord, if we just put you first. And uh, I can say this, that you provide more than just our needs, Lord. You, you provide above and beyond um, everything that we can even ask for and hope for. Lord, you are a great God. I pray that you'll, you'll help us all to be, uh, have a fervent spirit, um, to walk in love. Lord, uh, strengthened with one heart and mind. Father, and Lord, to uh, give you um, the praise for each day. Lord, to share the gospel with others. And Lord, most of all, to fight the good fight of faith. I pray that you help each one here. Lord, thank you for the food downstairs. I pray that you bless that also. Thank you for everybody who um, helped with that. And uh, Lord, Brother Paul made um, all that food. And Lord, for everybody else, thank you, Lord, for this church and for everybody here. Lord, such special people. I love them, everybody here, and I pray that you bless them. In Jesus' name.